Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. So Kate, why don't you explain to our listeners why we're about to take a break? Yeah, so uh, we had this road trip planned last year. By we, you mean the not pengu- us. No, no, no. no. The, the, the penguinologist. Because if I'm I. finding out right now, that would be Surprise. horrible time. <laughs> no, I have a job. What? No, yeah, so the penguinologist and I, a year ago, had planned this road trip, and then I got COVID. So oh. we are trying it again. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to Louisville, Kentucky, and then we're going to go to St. Louis, Missouri, and then we're going to drive over to Eureka Springs, Arkansas, just for one day, only because they have a haunted hotel and I want to stay there. Oh, that's nice. And then we're driving down to Bentonville, Arkansas, and then we're coming home. What's so, in Bentonville, Arkansas? Um, Walmart. <laughs> no, what is in Bentonville, Arkansas? Uh, Walmart. Why would you go to Walmart? <laughs> No, no, I, a buddy of mine lives there. Thank God. So. Cuz you were really worried me. I'm like, <laughs> we have one. I don't know why you'd want to go, but yeah, yeah. Okay. So, all right. So that that sets up that's a whole pretty good excuse. How long are you going to be gone? About a little over a week ish. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Road trip. Road trip. Road trip. Hopefully no covid. Nope. <laughs> well, due to the fact you work from your home, I'm surprised you got in the first place. Well, it's because the penguinologist shared it with me. Oh, yes. you can't let that guy He's very giving, side. you yeah. know? By the way, just want to say, um, many people who have joined this podcast late are confused by why he is called the penguinologist. Oh. Perhaps we could explain for those who are playing catch-up. Sure. Yes. So at the end of every episode, correct, you go through the credits. Right. This is, this is the boring credits part, folks. You might think, oh, there's nothing for me there. But... But because uh, my husband helped with provide the microphone mm-hmm. and sometimes helps with sound technicalities, yes. uh, you give him a different title every episode. Every episode. And, and the one title I can remember <laughs> that you gave him one time was Penguinologist. So now he is a permanent Penguinologist. And I'm sure there's some Penguinologist listening right now who is like, duck. <laughs> Gone it! I thought this was the only time I could be mentioned on a podcast. Like my profession was being honored. Like no, I don't think that's an actual title, penguinologist. I'm sure. It, oh, what are you? T- are you questioning my scientific knowledge? Sure am. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Science with English major. Well, that's not what this podcast is about, though. What is this podcast about? Children's picture books, which is very much in the wheelhouse of English majors. Yes. And uh, what do we do with said picture books? We take them on road trips. Do we? Are you taking some on the road trips? No. Do you want some? I can no. like load you down. I've no. got like five in my bag right no, now. I'm okay. Like, no, no? no. Okay. Uh, yeah. No. We we determine if they're good or bad, Kate. Oh right. If they're classics or not six, that didn't work. What? I was, I was trying to figure out if there's some way to do a crap. That's either crap or crap. <laughs> Today I'm sort of playing off of the last book that we did. Now, if you'll recall, in our last episode, we did a book about the beginnings of life. Yeah, we learned about tapeworms and chicken sex. Right. So the (laughs) origin—shut up. The origins of life 
And today I thought it would be appropriate if we did the flip side of that and did... Death? Correct. Now we've done some death books. We did Duck, Death, and the Tulip, which is my personal and favorite. And the Dead Bird? Oh, we did The Dead Bird by Margaret Wise Brown. No, no, it wasn't by Margaret Wise Brown, Betsy. You do this freaking every time. <laughs> it is not. Is it by Charlotte Zolotow? It's by Charlotte Zolotow. Yeah. I owe yeah, that of course one it's so Everybody many knows that. Gosh. Well, you know, Charlotte Zolotow was the assistant to Ursula Nordstrom, and then she went and became a counselor. Anyway. anyway uh, no, today we have a different one. I have literally... I'm going into this cold blind. Usually I've at least read these books. I've never read this book. I've only ever heard its title mentioned over and over again. Are you ready for this? Okay. I'm so excited. Here we go. The Tenth Good Thing About Barney. By? Judith Vjorst. Very good. Illustrated by? Eric Blegvad. Sure. Um... <laughs> Yes, and so we've done two, at least two, Judith Viorst. No, three. Three Judith Viorst books. We've done I'll Fix Anthony, which you, you did not care for. Okay. Uh, Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day, uh-huh. which you know, was pretty good. And my mama says there aren't any zombies, ghosts, vampires, creatures, demons, monsters, fiends, goblins, or things, which I had to read because there's no human alive. If you're a human who has memorized that title, <laughs> I think your name is Judith Vior. Uh, otherwise, no. But this is this. So this will be our fourth, fourth Vjorst, fourth Vjorst, fourth Vjorst. Fourth Vjorst. Okay. Say that over and over, folks. Fourth Vjorst um, that we've ever done. But her our first uh, where there's death involved. Okay. Okay. Cool. Go read that book. All right. While Kate does her read, let's learn a little bit about Eric Blegvad. Uh, who was born in Copenhagen, Denmark in 1923. So isn't that fun? Uh, he was an illustrator, and amongst his most well-known things that he illustrated, you've, you've seen a cover of Bedknob and Broomstick, which, of course, was by Mary Norton and later adapted into Bedknobs and Broomsticks. I'm not sure why Disney felt they had to put S's on there. Uh, anyway, he does the original cover for that. He actually did... Um, the original art, I believe, for The Borrowers as well, which I think was also by Mary Norton. Um, not the later editions, which I was more familiar with, but some of the early ones. He did a lot of Hans Christian Andersen and O. Henry and Myra Cohn Livingston and Judith Fiores, as we see today, and Jane Langton and Charlotte Zolotow and others. Um, he was described, apparently, by Edward Gorey himself as one of the best of his generation, but... You know, the way I like to remember him is this picture I found in Print Magazine Online. I'm, oh, I'm putting this in the show notes. I'm putting this on the Instagram. I'm putting it everywhere. You gotta check this dude out. So this is Eric, 1953. He's on the Boulevard Saint-Michel uh, in Paris. He has a handle freaking bar mustache, a pipe. He's got one hand in his pocket, and the other hand is holding a whole huge bouquet of flowers in some way, and jaunty. I would just describe him as jaunty. So uh, I feel kind of bad that this was not the picture that was used in all his obituaries. So I'm going to write a great wrong and allow y'all to see it because it's fabulous. Before we begin, can I tell you a little something about what I've noticed in uh, kids' books this year? Okay. There's a lot of dead dogs. Oh. Like, a, like way more than I've seen in a long time. What about dead cats? 
Uh, is this about a cat? It is. I really thought it was about a dog. No. Uh, there are no dead cats that I have found in this entire year. Well, so. this will fill the void. Oh, thank God. Because I was thinking to myself, what haven't I seen in a while? It's interesting, though, because the cover of this book is in color, but the entire book is in black and white. Yeah, it's kind of uh, misleading, yeah. I would say. Yeah, it's like, surprise, black and white. Ah, you can't get away now. The book's already open. But the title page has an illustration of a cat in a tree. And I was like, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> oh, and then... Uh, Does the cat just like fall out of the tree with the next turn? Of the no, page? You, yeah. you turn the page and it says, my cat Barney died last Friday. Oh, I was crap. like, well, no. How? He looked so fine in that tree. They're hitting you with the heartbreak on page one. So I my, mean, they're not beating around the bush. They're like, here's what the book's about, y'all. Yeah. yeah. And so my thought was also, did the cat die from right. falling out I of mean, the tree. I mean, that was the last we saw the cat, and he looked okay. Yeah. So, so we are... Like, like, like if it was an died of old age, he wouldn't be in a tree. Right. Mm. That ninth life, you know? Just... <laughs> exactly. So, what? right from the start, we are dealing with the death of a pet. Not a person. Right. Not a person. Uh, yeah, the death books that we've covered so far... Have we ever done a pet? I don't think we've done a the pet. dead bird. Oh, that, right. But that wasn't a pet. That was like a wild animal. It's right. an animal, though. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and all the illustrations are in what looks like pen. Just yeah, pen and ink. Pen mm-hmm. and ink. Just yeah, a bunch of lines. I you didn't big hear it, but lines. in my little thing, apparently a big fan of this guy was Edward Gorey. Oh, I also see a it. fan of the old pen and ink uh, yeah. lines there. Yeah, lots of lines. Lots of lines. Millions of lines. Lines, 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 lines. lines. So this kid is sad that his cat Barney has died. First of all, naming your cat Barney, two thumbs up. That is a pro name. I yeah. love that. Okay. A cat named Barney? I don't know. Come okay. here, Barney. It's fantastic. Well, the mother is trying to comfort her son, and she says, you know what? Let's have a funeral tomorrow, and you should think of 10 good things to say about Barney. You know, you could say it at the funeral. All right. Meanwhile, I'm very distracted because in this kid's bedroom, there is a gigantic plant. What kid has a huge plant in his bedroom? Maybe it's fake. It's Maybe by it's like the window. Fake, fake, well, sure, to make it look real. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, maybe it's a ficus. You just expect this to be like in a living room, not in a yeah, kid's I, bedroom. I have never, I have thought about putting plants in my children's rooms and then thought better of it. Yeah. Because they are kids. Right, They're exactly. They're care. Yeah. Well, the next day, uh, you know, the, the kid manages to come up with nine things. So right, in the well, morning, you failed kid. It says my mother wrapped Barney in a yellow scarf, and I'm thinking, do you think the mother was given that yellow scarf as a gift <laughs> and thought, if I bury it, no one will know how much I hate it? Exactly. She's like, I've been trying to get rid of this scarf for years, and now when anyone asks, they'll just be like, oh, we buried my pet in it. Ha ha ha. Right. Can't so get the, it now. So the kid comes up with nine things. He was brave, smart, funny, clean, cuddly, handsome. He only ate a, a bird once. That's a good, all right. Um, uh, he was sweet uh, to hear his purr in my ear. And sometimes he slept on my belly and kept it warm. Aww. And then the mother Wait, says. What? I was joking. Does she actually? She says, I just count nine. Whoa. I'm like. Mom, why are you such a stickler for the kid to come up with 10 things? Like She's like, let him grieve it for Pete's sake. Like No, no. We have to do this right. 
Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a system. He couldn't think of ten things, so they ended the funeral with singing a song, mm-hmm. and they couldn't think of any cat songs, but they could think of a song about pussy willows, so they sang that instead. If you, can you think of any cat songs? Because the only one I can think of would not be appropriate. But the cat came back the very next day. <laughs> I mean, the cat came what about, back. What about thought he was a goner? <laughs> See? That's how the song goes. What about songs from the musical Cats? Oh, yeah. You could just sing there going, Oh, well, I never was there ever. A oh, cat so clever as Ba. Oh, 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 You know, it doesn't come trippingly off the tongue, but I can see how it could work. Sure, yeah. So then the, uh, well, the kid had, a, like, his next door neighbor little girl come over. Annie. She brought flowers. And he's like, I failed Annie. I failed everyone. <laughs> no, they're sitting around the table. Um, Mom gave Annie and the kid orangeade and butter cookies. Okay, explain to me what orangeade is. You know, is it like a lemonade with orange? Yeah. That's orange it's juice. Like, it's like tang. Oh, gross. Okay. Yeah, but, but nothing better than sugar and butter to make you feel better. Yeah, you know? I, I ascribe to that. Sure. And I do like on their table, there is a jar of pussy willows. So, oh, okay. So this is a spring book myth. Uh, sure. Or she just got back. Or from they're Trader, fake. Or she just got, came back from Trader Joe's. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> Stick those in there. And then Annie and Barney start having a fight. Because Annie said, Barney is up in heaven with... Lots of cats and angels drinking cream and eating cans of tuna. Mm-hmm. And the kid, our main character kid, says, no, he's in the ground. Oh, wow. And Annie's oh, like... Oh, this took a turn I didn't see coming. Annie's like, no, he's in heaven. The kid's like, no, he's in the ground. It's Christians <laughs> and Jews right here. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he, yes. He's dead. I know he's in heaven, but he's dead. Exactly. <laughs> so then the father comes in. Betsy, please just take a quick look at what the father looks like in this picture, because I need you to remember this look, right? This is what the dad looks like. The dad in this illustration is stealing some butter cookies as he's... He's stealing a butter cookie. He also has, like, his coat halfway off. Yeah, he's, he's only gotten it off one arm. He couldn't wait. He's putting so it on. He's, he's, oh, he's putting he, it on. Yeah, he's on oh, his way to go outside. Okay, I see. I see. Um, but the but kids are saying, you know, who's who's right? And <laughs> he's like, I didn't want a theological argument this time in the morning. What my concern, though, is that behind the father, there is a gigantic container. It's like a bucket of salt above the stove. Maybe it's someone's ashes. It says salt on it. Maybe it was Aunt Salty. <laughs> what is wrong Sorry. with you? Go today. All right, go on. So anyway, I'm that's just, a lot of salt. It's a lot I love of salt, salt, and I would not have that a much salt. bucket of salt I above the not. stove. <laughs> oh, what if they have grease fires? Because salt puts out grease fires, so oh. you can just dump it from above your stove. Yeah, that's How a safe place fire? to keep it. Yeah, I don't above know about the stove. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so now the father's like, "Well, maybe he is in heaven, but we don't know. So Fair. maybe he's in the ground and." Well, we know he's in the ground. We just saw him. We put him in the ground. Right. So <laughs> that much we do know. The, the the father, he's just trying to get to the garden. I'm just try. I he, just wanted a butter cookie. He wants nothing to do with this conversation. Yeah. Um, it's his fault for stealing the cookie. He got wrapped in the conversation that way. Well, Annie goes home and the kid <laughs> says, you know, I don't like it that Barney was dead. And the dad's like, why should you like it? It's sad. <laughs> Okay. Some of this book's taking quite the turn. I'm enjoying it, yeah. But then there's a twist, Betsy. What? Oh, I thought we already had the twist. Okay. The father 
gets hot. <laughs> Wait. Now look at this new illustration of Dad. Wait a minute. Dad is now outside. And he looks vastly different. Do you know there is a hot dads of children's literature, like, Instagram feed, I believe? Uh, well, this, now this new wow. side of him. Wow. He, he looks, looks so much better. I thought he had, like, you. a tiny, he looks like he had a tiny mustache in this picture. He doesn't, but he, he looks like he should. <laughs> he, like, went back about 10 years in age. Yeah. And, and his hair even looks good. Yeah. He, he he's like, he's, I agree. He's a hot dad. He's a hot dad. I will I will tag them when we put it on Instagram. Okay. All right. So dad is out there and he's working in the garden and he's explaining to the kid that when you plant seeds, uh, they grow a stem and leaves and flowers. We learned this in the last book, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. How flowers have sex. We exactly. learned about that. Right. We're, we're, boy, birds and the bees are just all over the place here these days. <laughs> and then you turn the page and there's an illustration of a packet of seeds. Nice. And they're called... Barker's sweet pea. Uh, first of all, hmm. Barker's seeds, not a thing. Really? I looked it up. Maybe it was back in the... Whenever this was from. Se- second of all, um, he's talking about flowers, but he's planting sweet peas? <laughs> well, yeah, sweet peas are, produce flowers. They produce blooms. It's just a little confusing, though, because they're working in a garden, I expect, when he's talking about... A sweet pea isn't actually a pea. It's just a, it's a little flowery thing. I don't think you can get peas from them. Oh. Yeah, I think they're they're actually a flower. Oh, okay. And, I was very and, confused. Yeah, I was no, that like, is confusing. And it would be confusing for a kid to read pee and be like, right. we're doing flowers, yeah. Anyway, uh, right, so he's planting the seeds in the crown, ground, and, and the father's saying, you know, everything changes in the ground. The ground changes things. And the kid's like, will Barney change too? And the dad's like, yeah, he's going to be part of, he's in the ground, part of the garden. Uh, he's going to make flowers flowers and leaves and once that scarf decomposes <laughs> that's what i was thinking because he because he the text says he'll change until he's part of the ground in the garden and i'm thinking willie yeah it's gonna take a if while. he's wrapped up in that scarf super tight uh we're I mean, talking a silk scarf i feel like that will take longer than it would like a cotton scarf or even a wool scarf i don't know I but don't know. but he says that you know the cat's gonna help grow flowers and he'll help grow a uh, tree and grass. And he says, you know what? That's a pretty nice job for a cat. Oh, that's not untrue. That's and then nice. you turn the page and it says that they continue working in the garden. Betsy, where the heck is the garden? Because all I see is a tree <laughs> where they planted the cat, a pathway and a fence. There is no garden here. Well, if it's, it looks like it's early spring. So maybe nothing's come up and they're just burying seeds left right and center that's i'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt on this one okay all right so uh next you turn the page and the kid's getting ready for bed he still doesn't really want to watch literally i thought that was the end of the book i was like that's a pretty good ending no there's there's a little bit more okay coda there we have yet to get to the highlight for me oh oh all right yeah the highlights at the very end so uh the kid's getting ready for bed and uh, the mom is tucking him in. And it's cool that you get to see another angle of the bedroom. Because, that is nice. Because when you first see the bedroom, it's through the doorway. But this is now like you're looking That's at the nice. door. That means that he really has a sense of the space as mm-hmm. he's illustrating it. Well done, sir. Yeah. And the kid says, oh, mom, I, I thought of the last good thing, the 10th thing. And uh, and he goes through one through nine, oh, just, wow. well just like before. Well done. And then, he, and then he says, his final, his tenth thing is 
Barney is in the ground and he's helping grow flowers. And you know, that's a pretty nice job for a cat. So oh. way to regurgitate what your father said. Yeah, that's what kids do, man. And, and then also on a the, pretty funny phrase. And then on the other thing. side of the page, a tiny little cat oh anus. Oh my God, like a present to you. <laughs> it's like a tiny they present knew. to you. It's a little was... tiny anus. Oh, you know why? Because he was born in Denmark and he didn't know you weren't supposed to do that in American children's Yay. picture books. So there you go. Yay. The end. All right. Well, that's nice. That's a that's kind of a surprise. You know, this book has been. If you look up, like, grieving or death books for kids, this is still, I think, like the number one hit out there. Probably because there aren't a lot of books with about dead cats. <laughs> I know. I mean, there are some, but not a ton. Um, I should say you can buy this book at the George W. Bush Presidential Center, and I don't know what that says about anything, but that is a... <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I did mention her in the last podcast we did, but uh, Stephanie Lucianovic, uh does have a picture book called Something Wonderful, which is about dead pets, which I would highly recommend if you want a more contemporary one. But I am, I am pleasantly surprised by this because, first of all, the whole religion debate that kind of surprises me that how often this book is recommended because I would think some people would be like, nah, how dare you not decide one thing or another and leave it open in some way. And so, yeah, okay. Anyway, uh, ratings time. You go first. I like it. I like it a lot. I like, I think the black and white actually fits for the tone. Um, you know, Jesus Fioris, when she's on, she's on. She, she gets the tone of the writing right. So something about the writing... You know, I always, I don't know, I always kind of like worried about reading this book. Maybe that's why I didn't read it before we did it today. But I thought, it, I, even though it was viewers, I just worried it was going to be treacly. It's so easy to do treacly dead pet books. I mean, there's a billion of them out there already. Um, but I think this really holds up. By gum, I like it a lot. I'm going to give it an eight. Wow. I know. That's high for me. Jeez Louise. That's high for me. I don't usually do that. Eight out of ten. Eight out of ten. I really like this book. Okay. Yeah. Well. Bring on the dead pets. Okay. I like the illustrations, and I like how the dad magically gets hotter the further along you get in the book. Amazing how that happens. He did just wake up. I also like how the mom is trying to sneakily get rid of that hideous yellow scarf that she's been holding on to for like five years but doesn't know what to do with it but she doesn't need to be such a stickler about that is kind of funny yeah at the funeral like come on he's grieving yeah i'm also a bit concerned about this family's sodium intake but (laughs) (laughs) you know what whatever works for them (laughs) but overall it's a nice book to read especially if you have a kid who just lost a pet it's short it's small and ends with a cat anus. So I gave it a six. All right. Between the two of them. That it's, is a it's a seven out of ten, so it's a classic. That's a classic. Yay. That's pretty good for us. Woohoo! Yeah. Let us time. My favorite part. Okay, so last week, as I said, we did a book about where babies came from. Mm-hmm. And it turns out, apparently, this was the book that everyone's been waiting for us to do all <laughs> along. Even though nobody had ever requested this book. And I only brought it in because it fell into my lap at work. And I was like, what the freaking heck? What the? Uh, so we put it out there. And apparently it triggered memories in people who had no idea. First off, uh, we got... A comment from Kathy, who was like, I was sure this was an Amy Sedaris post. And then I saw Fuse 8. I was like, thank you. Uh, L. Seaford uh, said, yep, I'm pretty sure this is the book my mom used to explain, quote, how babies are made, unquote, to my brother and me. It didn't work. We huddled together afterwards, and I, being the older child, convinced him to ask, 
you do this without clothes? <laughs> I love. And then Patty said, wow, this picture book took me directly back to childhood. I was born in 1970, so I had this book as a preschooler, and I remember being fascinated with all the paper-cut pictures. Preschooler? Preschooler. Huh. Yeah, man. Okay. We're, going, we're going back there. Had not seen it in four-plus decades, so it was a time-travel moment. Apparently, we need to do more 1968 books. I mean, very clearly, I would say. So, uh, yeah, hat tip to that. Okay. Grown-up things we like. Mine's kind of on the death theme. So do you want me to go first or second? Oh, I think it's very appropriate. No, you should go first. Okay. So I really should be holding on to this until Halloween, but my recommendation is a book, and it's called The September House by uh, Carissa Orlando. Mm -hmm. It's about a couple who moved into a haunted house whose walls bleed, and the house screams, and there's like ghosts of kids and adults alike, and they only come out in September. The husband of this couple he disappears so the couple's adult daughter comes in mid-september when all things are like definitely getting pretty scary in the house um it's surprisingly funny for a horror story the best review of this book said quote this book tackles mental illness domestic violence alcoholism messy parenting and the logistical difficulties of getting gasoline fumes out of antique upholstery (laughs) (laughs) it's it's interesting to watch how the main character balances her abusive husband with this abusive house with her dry humor and the rules that she puts on herself I, i read it in a week and that's only because i was juggling this with another book it is a super quick read so if you want to get ready for spooky season in september I recommend this book. Uh, it's called The September House. Excellent. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And you handed it back to me to take back to the library. Yeah. There you go. Very good. Well, that's that's perfect with the onslaught of the upcoming spooky season. Exactly. Uh, mine's not spooky. Mine's only barely grown up, if only because. Here's the deal. I have noticed that my generation, which is a little older than your generation, Kate, um, is starting to be in charge of stuff. And the way I notice this is that when I watch things with my kids... The music is all aimed at my generation. Well, think about the Barbie movie. The Barbie movie had music from the 90s in it. What's music from the 90s? It's my generation, my friend, my generation. Like high school and college and things like that. Yeah. So, yeah. You're, millennials you're, too, but yeah. Yeah, millennials too. Yeah, yeah. But, it's, it's, but that's what we're seeing in these movies these days. So I went and see the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, right? There's uh, a new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie? Mutant Mayhem. Now, written by the same people who wrote... Uh, the Mitchells versus the Machines. Did you ever see that? Nope. Funny. Very, very funny. So, you know, huge, sprawling cast, completely reinterprets everything. Basically did what the Barbie movie did, but not in the same direction, obviously. But we're seeing all these, like, IP products being sort of passed through a new lens. And the music was amazing. Um, the voice cast, also amazing. Jackie Chan and 500 other celebrities. Ice Cube. <laughs> Ice Cube sells this movie. <laughs> Ice Cube has put his back into the work of voice of this movie. It was a delight. I will be forcing my entire family to be watching it, and I will be appreciating the fact that all the music is aimed at my people, okay. my generation, me, me, me. Okay. So that's what's making me happy. Me. <laughs> Yay. Okay. Cool. So whether you want something super dark or super light. Super turtleish. We, we got the gamut of options. We have the range yes. yes. Uh, so good news just to finish us up here. Uh, we are now on Blue Sky. Uh, 
very hat, you know, nice hat tip to Sarah Brandon for, for sending us the invite code. So if you would like to follow us on, if you've given up on X, i.e. Uh, Twitter, i.e. Twitter, and you're not sure what that mammoth thing is, and Threads isn't doing it for you, but you like Blue Sky, uh, which I do like because every time you open it up, it shows a beautiful blue sky, and it's just very calming. Huh. Uh, we are on there now. so Excellent. Hooray. Cool. Well, we're off for a week yep. uh, while I run around the country for a little bit. And uh, if you want anything from Walmart, you just let me know. I, I can go. From Walmart. Uh, I, can I go want p- nothing. Nothing. Can you give me a big thing of salt? <laughs> I was planning on putting it over my stove. <laughs> God, I can, I'll see what I can All do. Right. As long as I don't die in the haunted hotel. Okay. Well, that, that sounds fake. <laughs> Considering the book you just read, I think your timing is yeah, terrible. We'll see. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see. Well, until Kate gets killed by a haunted house, <laughs> I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse Number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram, Threads, and Blue Sky at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number eight, Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM, or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our tenth good thing is Drew Atienza. Fuse8 and Kate is a creation of Kate, Atienza, and Betsy Bird.